On today's episode, we'll be discussing uh, a variety of different things, uh, including our visit to the hub, the medical hub, uh, explaining why we need to go there, uh, what we did there, and my impressions of the Los Angeles County DCFS medical hub, one of them. Uh, We're going to talk about more sleeping situations, or her sleeping situation, and how we're dealing with that and how that's coming along. Uh, And we're going to end our podcast with a little wrap-up and uh, revisiting Harry and David and uh, a recent trip I took to their one of their stores out here uh, where we live. And um, we'll we'll do a quick goodbye also to one of my radio heroes, and I will complain about uh, changing tables. So stay tuned. So when you become a resource parent, a resource family, a foster parent, you have to adhere to certain regulations and protocols, including going to a medical hub. Uh, At least this is for Los Angeles County. So at this medical hub, even if you've taken your um, foster child to a pediatrician or you've taken them to the doctor and had them checked out, which we have, we've we've done multiple times, as I've explained in the past with Dr. Squiggy, uh, the LA uh, DCFS doesn't really care and they want to have the child uh, inspected and inspected like they were a car, uh, taking a look at uh, under the hood and just make sure they want to check the oil and the dipstick and everything. Um, no, they want to make sure that that the child is healthy and they're not being hurt or anything like that. And it's just pretty pretty simple, normal protocol. So they will they contact you uh, they, as they contacted us and we'll say, okay, we have X dates. You have to come by. Are you available? And we say, sure, sure, sure. So. And because they deal with, with – there are multiple offices all across the L.A. County, but the one we were dealing with um, serves our area, and um, we had to get an appointment almost about a month out. So we got a phone call, and we had to pretty much go, yeah, this, this sounds good. Let's get it. So the day came. We wrapped up Monstro. We put her in her car seat, and uh, off we went to, the, to this medical hub. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to be – this is going to be trash and it's going to be awful. And then we, we got on the freeway, rolled up and sure enough, it was, it looked like a, a, a jail. Um, there's t- giant concrete wall. Oh, actually the first place we went to look like it was a, a, some sort of civic building, which is, which makes sense. But, um, we were in the wrong place and it looked like an old school. And then we actually went to the, the medical hub and it was tall concrete, uh, walls that lead into the driveway. And then from there, um, there's a sign that says LA County DCFS medical hub, whatever it says. Uh, and it was in big, beautiful tagging and graffiti right on there. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, we're walking right into, I, I mean, I don't know. It really did look like a County jail or some sort of mental institution or something really awful. We park our car. There weren't any really other cars there other than the nurses and the doctors so we we take her out we're a few minutes early we open the door to the actual office and we walk in and it inside it was actually lovely i was very surprised uh i look over at heather and i go well this is not what i expected we walk in we sit down we take a look uh, at what's going on. We check in and we're the only ones there. It was, uh, very early on a Friday morning. We were the only ones there. We check in with the nurse. The check-in was super quick, super easy. The nurse was very nice. Uh, she was very kind to us. She was very, uh, efficient. She knew what she was doing, even though she said that she doesn't normally do that. We gave her all of the information, all of her, all the records. She said, okay, that's great. Have a seat. 
we sat down in a, a lobby, and in the lobby, they have obviously a TV, but on the TV, they were playing Tangled. And they had just started it, and it and it was a pretty nice TV, and it was a, a nice little setup. There were toys and books and uh, chairs everywhere, and then there was a water fountain, and, and it was a pretty welcoming area. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably a fluke, and this is the only part of this this is going to go well. Well, they call our name, and we go in. And in the back area, it, it looks just like a hospital. It's exactly what it was. We go into one of the rooms, and, and they start taking care of Monstro. They weigh her, and they poke and prod her, and she wasn't a big fan of that. And the nurse is like, oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. We understand. And, and uh, we get her vitals and everything. And then we're she's like, okay, cool. Come, come sit over here. Come to a different waiting room, uh, another different uh, little office, a little room. So we go, and... Um, it was, we, we sit down and we're waiting and I'm thinking, oh man, I can only imagine what the doctor is going to be like. And in walks this lady and she's not a doctor, she's a, a nurse practitioner. And I'm assuming because of uh, just the sheer amount of people that they have to see, they can't have a doctor come in every single time. Well, I, uh, she was an amazing, amazing, sweet, sweet person. She answered every all of our questions with patients she understood she seemed to understand infants and babies really really well which you know as i'm saying that it's like well yeah obviously she would understand infants and babies very well but no you 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 would be surprised how few not only medical professionals but just people in general don't understand babies and and so for us to go and and talk to somebody and what was even better is they were like they said okay well we because of you know your situation blah 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 uh, do you want to have you want to have a meeting with some with a I think it was like a counselor and we said sure so they kind of talk about and obviously it was for for Monstro and she's very young but so she can't talk but we said sure let's let's do it anyway and the respect with which we were treated and the compassion with which we were treated and they they knew everything about because this is what they deal with every day in and out they deal with children who are in the foster care system and so. They were very sensitive to our needs and our situation, and they weren't asking questions like we've had before, like, oh, are you going to keep her? Are you going to keep this child? And it's like, well, that's not how it works. Um, it felt very familiar, and it felt very nice. And I was I was really taken aback, and I, I looked at Heather, and I said, you know, this, if, if it were... If it were closer, this might be where we would take her. I mean, you talk about judging a book by its cover, not judging a book by its cover... I was I was sold. I really, honestly, I'm still contemplating going. Look, well, if we ever if there was an emergency during the week and we needed to take her right away, this would be a great place because it seems like they know what's happening, and because it's all interconnected. Whenever you go to a doctor, um, you have to fill uh, with a with a uh, a resource as a resource parent. You have to have the doctor fill out a certain form. It's a uh, California LIC form 613, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but they, it has to be filled out and it has to be turned in to both social worker and our FFA worker and everybody has to have a copy of it. But here we we brought two copies because it's just our force of habit to bring them everywhere we go. But they're like, oh, no, you don't, you don't need it. We have it all digitized and, and we'll fill it out and the social worker will get a, a copy immediately and that'll be all taken care of and you don't have to worry about anything and it's like holy shit this is like i i felt like i was at, at beverly hills it was really lovely um and then we 
as as we were exiting, they they asked us questions. Do you need anything else? Is there anything we can help you with? Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm like, no, no, we're everything's hunky dory. By the way, Monstro is. Um, I'm not supposed to really get into, I guess, her specific stuff, but uh, she's a specimen. Turns out the the uh, nurse practitioner was very impressed with with her in her her current stages, um, which is really which is really nice to hear because we were freaking out, going, "Oh fuck, are we doing the right thing? Do we know what we're doing? Is this is this okay? Is she okay? Blah 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 blah." But turns out, yeah, she's she's actually pretty pretty okay. Uh, I I think the reason that everybody is so nice, I'd like to say it's because they they all care and it's everything it's what they want to do and they're in the right profession etc etc i think it's because they're all young um and they're all new in the field and they they it seems like they have a um a contractor deal sort of thing with um usc and they get a lot of students so these are kids who are still in training but they're supervised by a doctor they're supervised by an actual professional so but even even then, they still know what they're talking about, and they seem very well versed in, in everything because this is what they're studying and, and working toward their towards their degree with. And it was it it was nice to not deal with people who were jaded, um, and deal with people who were super well informed and were sensitive to our situation. One thing that really I loved, um, I I looked around, and I'll post them on my Instagram if I haven't already. But uh, all of the uh, all of the paintings were very lovely, beautiful, well-painted paintings uh, that were framed, like very professional-like. Uh, you would just kind of walk by and go, "Oh, okay, that's that's a landscape, or that's a really beautiful ocean or beach or whatever." But if you looked really closely, they were all Disney. They all had Disney characters somehow in there, but it wasn't very obviously Disney, but it was super classy Disney. If you've been in Disneyland, when you go down to Main Street, one of the first stores, when you go on the right, they have a gallery um, and they have all these sort of paintings as well. And, and it was exactly that. And I asked her, are all these paintings Disney? She goes, yeah, they were donated by by somebody. And if you look at the very corner of it, they're all limited edition numbered paintings. And I was thinking... This is thousands of dollars worth of artwork that was just donated, and it's so classy and so well done that it it, it could be it could be super super cheesy. When um, Doctor Squiggy's office <laughs> is super cheesy because you walk into the the uh, the room, um, the doctor's room. You walk in, and and on the walls are painted with different Disney characters. One of them is a Finding Nemo. And so they have the the uh, mine, 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 mine. What are those seagulls uh, all around the wall? And then they have a, a painting of, of Nemo and everything, and it's just painted directly on the wall. And it looks like they got a guy who's fairly talented, but they every single room has a different theme. One of them's Winnie the Pooh, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's that's obviously not licensed, but super cheesy. And then and then in stark contrast, you have this place in like DCFS. You think it's going to be uh, and it really, it's beautifully curated. I was very jealous. Um, we walked out and we had to wait. And I, I asked the nurse if they had any popcorn because I'm staying. I'm going to watch Tangled. They, they had Tangle on a loop. And, and uh, uh, I really wanted to see what was going to happen with, with Flynn and Rapunzel. So Monstro's getting to the point now where she's um, almost starting to roll over. Uh, we have her this little play mat where she you put it out, you pop it up like it was a little tent, 
you pop it up. She lays down and she starts kicking her animals and punching her animals and reaching and all that sort of stuff. There's different kind of animals there. There's a lion. There's an elephant. The lion is Jewish uh, because we have no Jewish friends here where we live. And so I needed to make so it's, uh, it's Mr. Lion Rosenbaum. Um, Jewish. Uh, I think his middle name is Shlomo, by the way. And then there's an elephant whose name is Priya because from India. Indian elephant. Uh, and there is also a monkey, which we haven't named. And I think it's a monkey, an elephant, and a giraffe, which we haven't named either. So if you have any uh, suggestions for the giraffe or the the monkey, feel free to send it forward. But um, she she usually will beat the shit out of out of Mr. Lion Rosenbaum Rosenbaumstein. It changes every. <laughs> it changes all the time to whatever the most stereotypically Jewish name you can think of. Um, that's what it is. Uh, anyway, um, she has this mat and, and she plays on it. And she loves it and she has a good time. But she's starting to now almost roll over. So the lower half, her lower half of her body, will start to kind of. She put her legs up and then she'll fall over and she's getting pretty damn close to starting to roll over. And once a baby. Uh, can roll over you are no longer supposed to swaddle them because if you swaddle them and then they roll over on their tummy and then they can asphyxiate and then bad times um so we we got to the point also where she hates she just she i think we i talked about this before she she hates being swaddled she will let out a a blood-curdling scream and and just but ultimately it's what she wants because she'll just fall right asleep no problem loves it after she lets out the blood-curdling scream so between the struggle of trying to get her swaddled, and we went through, Jesus Christ, it feels like, honestly, without exaggeration, maybe 10 swaddle, uh, two, four, yeah, probably about 10 swaddles from the time she was born, and just trying to find different ones. She would get her arms out, or she would break it, and she would stretch it, and we'd have to wash it, and we said, this is fucking bullshit, and we've, I, I just, I've, we've just had it. So between the mixture of, of rolling over, us being just fed up with her swaddling, we got a new suit, and the new suit is uh, its called Merlin's Magical Suit, I believe. It was created by some sort of, it was created by a, a, a pediatrician for this for the exact reason of you, a child is, is starting trans, to transition out from the swaddle into just being able to sleep. Uh, one of the reasons why they have such a hard time sleeping, usually it's three months, where, which is right where Monstro is, uh, is they, they have the moral reflex, which wakes them up. They feel like they're falling. Um, but this thing kind of weighs them down. And so we, we said, fuck it. Let, we've already thrown hundreds of dollars at this problem. What's another 40? Because that's how much the suit costs. So we did it. We said, fuck it. We bought it. We bought the suit. Put it on her the first night. And she looked ridiculous. She looked like um, <laughs> Jeremy Renner in The Hurt Locker with the giant suit or or in uh, uh, The Christmas Story. The little brother. He's like, I can't put my arms down. That's exactly what she looked like. Uh, we put her in and she let out. It wasn't as bad as far as the, the swat compared to the swaddle, rather. But she let out a like a scream like what are you doing to me how dare you ah and then just <clears throat> fell asleep and the first night it was we were just we were hoping that it would be okay and she woke up a, a little bit more but she was it was comparable to the swan we said oh thank you baby jesus so we bought another one so 80 dollars just but worth every fucking penny i mean seriously 
worth the the headache and the it is the most magical suit ever and, and it works so very well um it, it was it was okay so let's see uh provides babies with a cozy and secure sleep environment to aid in their sleep the magic sleep suit is the best swaddle transition product on the market today yep i i agree it's patented design it helps transition babies from the swaddle from the swaddle by providing a cozy and secure sleep environment the magic sleep suit helps babies develop the health healthy sleep patterns and gives parents peace of mind and that's the other thing is is with the swan before we had to worry about if we wrapped her up in like a muslin blanket about it going over her face or something like that or if it was the the velcro swaddle she stretched out and like just has her arms and she can't really move it was it was awful this is like a big comfy suit uh i'll try and put a picture on there but it uh worked and and is really really great so she uh she now she knows it's time to go to sleep when we put the suit on and she still yells she still yells at us uh and and cries um but we've been doing more research and sleep it seems like sleep is the number one issue new parents have with their babies with their newborns and just not knowing exactly a what to do and just fucking going through the roller coaster of emotions and everything figuring out helping this child understand how to sleep because it they create habits and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to give this child the ability to be able to sleep by herself and that's where the magic suit comes in because um we put her in there and she's if she's not crying we'll put her down in her crib and kind of let her work it out a little bit. But if she's crying, then we'll pick her up and, and kind of tap her a little bit and then put her back down again. But what we don't want to do is we don't, she's now three months. She's starting to get used to things. We don't want her to get used to only falling asleep in our arms because then we'll be fucked. And, and there's a ton of research out there. People are like, okay, well, sleep training, essentially you, you let them cry it out or you let them, uh, you do this, what we're doing, the pick up and put down, the pick up and put down, or the, the chair one where you sit in a chair and then little by little you start going away. And, and But she's still really young, so we are kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt, but we're trying our best to see how it's going. And it's it, it's had its, its, its little bumps in the roads, but for the most part, compared to the swaddle, she won't sleep for as long of a period of time. So with the swaddle, she would sleep not four, five hours at a go, especially the beginning of the night. Now she'll sleep about three hours, but... It's easier to get on. It's easier to for her to go to sleep, and there's a lot less headache. So we said, you know what? Even if she's sleeping less, eventually the goal will be that she will sleep more, and hopefully we will sleep more. Okay, so I have a new vendetta. I have a new thing to focus my ire on and just... And just be angry. But I'm going to try not to yell because the microphone that was donated to us, given to us by uh, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Rally Orozco, uh, is, is not the best when I get very animated and it starts to distort. So I will be very calm. Part of this podcast has been going through figuring out not just fostering and and all that sort of stuff but also being being a, a parent a first-time parent and uh while many of you don't actually have children i think actually the majority of my listeners don't have children uh some of you do um but i don't know what the if there was a venn diagram i don't know what the demographic would be of 
first-time parents to newborns and and men. I think that's a very, very small it might actually not even those circles might not even touch. They may kiss, but they don't actually cross over. <sighs> Recently, there was a new there's a new food hall that opened up near us, and uh, we went, and it was lovely. It was very trendy. It was very chic. It was very L.A. and they had all these different kind of eateries, ramen and and wings and blah 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 blah. Right? We went. They had been they, they had been threatening to open this fucking place for since we moved in. Honestly, it was almost three years ago, so we were very excited. We go, oh, it's lovely, fantastic. We we go with Monstro, okay, not a problem. We have changed Monstro because she hates the environment. She hates the Mother Gaia and pees seems like every five fucking minutes. So we got to go change her. Most of the time, depending who what's going on, Heather will change her. Or if we're home, here at home, I'll change her. We'll, we'll, we'll tag team. It's fine. Well, um, the, there are no changing tables in the men's bathroom. There are changing tables in the women's bathroom, but there are no changing tables in the men's bathroom. Now, I'm sure you guys are saying, well, yeah, you know, that makes sense and blah, blah, blah. It's 2019. We're on the precipice of 2020. Here we go, right? We're about to enter into the next fucking decade. It's 2020. And there are not changing tables in the men's bathroom. It's not like this building was built, oh, I don't know, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It was fucking finished like a month ago. Oh, I said I wouldn't get upset. Okay, here we go. Um, It was just finished. And there's a sign out in the front of the women's bathroom that says changing tables. And there's one in the men's bathroom that doesn't say anything. And I'm I'm, I'm reeling. I'm steaming. And I w- this is one of those things that I, de- I never really noticed or honestly gave a shit about and I feel bad saying that because it didn't affect me but now it fucking affects me because I have a baby let's say I want to go eat right or if I want to go do something and I don't have Heather with me or I don't have a woman with me and I need to change my child my foster child whomever I need to change them what the fuck am I going to do I, 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 if I go into the women's bathroom I'm going to be yelled at I'm going to be called a perv I'm not, and I, I feel like I have to go now to my car to change her in front of everybody in the public it's such it's such a thing where it's like if you're gonna have it in one restroom have it in another restroom or have a fucking family have a family bathroom the the many malls will have a family bathroom which is great and i and i learned about them very recently or went into one for the first time they're great there's there's a uh, toilet in there. There's a couple of seats, a table in case the baby needs to eat. Mother needs to breastfeed. The changing table. That's lovely. That's fine. But if you're gonna have segregated bathrooms and you're not, you're gonna put in a changing table in the women's bathroom. Fucking do it in the men's bathroom too. I can't imagine those things cost more than a hundred dollars. Fucking bang, bang, screw it in. Call it a day. I'll do it. I'll do it. I just think that it's ridiculous. And honestly, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I went to. I went to a church recently for a friend's, um, they had an art and crafts thing, uh, shout out to Rat Ray Trading, printing, go to visit, they have some really great stuff, but regardless, I went to go support her, and they, uh, they was at a church, and I had to go, and I needed to change monster because I brought her with me, and I felt so embarrassed, because I needed to go to the organizer and be like, hey, you know, I need to change my baby, and she's like, well, do, do you want a woman to change her for me? I'm like, no, I don't want a woman to change her for me. I want to change my baby. I'm not going to hand my baby off to a stranger. She's like, are you with a woman? I said, no, I'm not with a woman. I'm here alone. And she was very nice about it. Um, And I understand that she doesn't make the decision, but 
I had nobody else to to release my frustration. And I was very kind and I was very patient. And I said, you know, yeah. And so she had to go get somebody and somebody had to go and take me to a, a women's restroom that was closed off during that day. And they needed to open it up. And, and I go into the women's restroom and, and change. And it's like every single time I, I I'm don't even want to go out anymore. Or if I do go out to only places where I know that they have they have these they have changing tables in the in the men's restroom because it's not fair. It's not fair and it's an antiquated idea that only women I want to go back to the food hall. I rem, that day when I was when I needed to change Monstro and there was, you know I, I saw another dad taking his daughter to the men's restroom with a with a handful of diapers and wipes. And then walked in, looked around, said, oh, I, I guess I, I can't change her. And then walked out. And then luckily he was with his wife or with a woman, I suppose, that was his wife. And she's like, sorry, I can't change her. And it, 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 it's infuriating because, you know, what we should have this. <laughs> I understand as a man, as a man, I have a lot of privilege. According to the census, I'm white. So as a white middle-aged man, I have a lot of privilege. I understand that. I get it. Oh, straight, cis, get it. But this is my charge, and I'm going to go ahead and lead it and scream, yell about it from the rooftops. Because it's not very hard, and we need we need to just do it. On a side note, Target, changing tables in the men's restroom. So please feel free. Go to Target all the time. Enjoy their, patronize them. Unless you're going to buy Taylor Swift records, then don't. <laughs> This is our 10th episode. Uh, I'm, I'm saying goodbye now, by the way. This is our 10th episode, and I'd like uh, to go back. I'm not going to do it, but I, if somebody wants to do it, please feel free. Go back and go to the final segment of each individual uh, show and and tally how many times I said, well, that's our show, because I was about to, as soon as I cracked open the mic, I was about to say, well, that's our show. Thanks for... Uh, I, I think it's just a force of habit. Um I'm going to say about 80%. This is the 10th one, so 8 out of the 10, I would say. This is our 10th episode. Yay, 10 episodes. If you look at the anchor, if I look at the anchor, because I have the the stats and all of the information of how many people listen and who listens, and again, I have that one listener in South Africa. I don't know who you are, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is, uh, this is a podcast that when I started it back in the middle of summer, I didn't know how many episodes. I don't know what was going to happen and, and what's going on, but... Uh, we are now over, we have a, a decent amount of listeners. Uh, really it's, it's, it's decent is what I mean by more than one person is listening to it more than Heather is listening to it. So that's fantastic. And if you combine all of the listens, that all of the episodes have had, um, there have been over 600 listens, which is to me stupendous because I know I thought what the fuck you know I'll just I'll just get a mic and and start bitching and moaning about it into it in, into the mic but you know we the fact that I've had 600 listens has really been amazing uh, so sit back relax and now this is the part of the show as you all know this is my uh, my ranting and raving or just the stuff that really has very little to do with fostering parenting or anything like that and just a, a place for me to to enjoy I'm also gonna enjoy an apple. Because they're delicious. Well, this one is the Gala Apple. I know you're all wondering. Mmm. 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 You guys like ASMR? <laughs> I recently went to the um, Harry and David store. There's a Harry and David store near us. 
uh, at a mall, and they do a pop up for the for the holidays, which we are. You know, it's it's November nineteenth today, so we are balls deep into the into the holidays. Obviously, it may as well be Christmas. I went with listener Laura. I listener Laura. Uh, she was very excited. She very she made sure that we went to the Harry and David store together. She wanted to see my reaction walking in and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I had I had to remind her and told her that uh, I had actually had a Royal Riviera pair. Uh, I bought it for our wedding anniversary about a month ago. They were pretty decent. So we walk into the glorious haven that is the Harry and David store, and uh, we are confronted by a very nice gentleman. And um, I ask him, okay, what's the difference between the gold, the pairs that are wrapped in the gold foil versus the pairs that are not the shitty pairs, in other words? And he, he told me, yeah, these are the these are the cream of the crop, and I think that's what they call them with quotes because they each one weighs almost over a pound and. They they call you Susie and everything, and they 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 double as a phone, and they're absolutely wonderful, and they cost a fortune. And, and uh, he said that actually that we I was maybe a little early on getting the Royal Riviera pair, sorry the Royal Riviera pair because uh, when we tasted it, Heather and I it was it was fine, it was good, it was certainly tasty. It wasn't anything to write home about. But he said that as we get closer to the end of the year, that's when they really start to sweeten up. So. Maybe there's another one in our future. I asked him what was, what's the most popular item here or, or anything like that, and he said uh, he said that the tr- there are a there's a set of truffles. I think they're like sea salt or just super chocolatey truffles. And he said what he did is he melted them down and he drizzled them all over. I think it was an, a pear or an apple, and uh, he was very nice. And um, we were walking around, uh, listening to Laura and I, and we, we stumbled upon the refrigerator section of the back of the Harry and David store, and they had fruitcake. And uh, I'm not a big fan of fruitcake, and uh, neither is listener Laura or really anybody else because we asked how often does that get purchased, and he said not not very uh, often at all, and, and in fact, he hasn't sold many of them. They were very nice and, and very kind there, so if you're looking for a gift, I guess, yeah, go to go to Harry and David, but don't you dare buy anything before, before mid-December because then it's going to taste like shit. So uh, on November 7th... Um, one of my heroes signed off for the last time here in LA radio, uh, Bean Baxter of the Kevin and Bean Show, said goodbye. Uh, he's no longer going to be living here in in the United States and is going to move away and go to the UK and go to London and live there and, and try and, and pursue a career with radio there. And uh, it was a, a very sad moment and a sad time to hear him go because um, I've been listening to the Kevin and Bean Show ever since I was. Jesus, I mean, and if any of you guys know me personally, you know that that that's I, I talk about the Kevin and Bean cast like they were my friends. You know, Heather and I have inside jokes that are part of the Kevin and Bean show. It's just it's such a it's such a, a big part of my life and ingrained in my life that it's it's hard to see it change. And you know, when I was a kid, I thought they were gonna. I mean, even now, I thought they were gonna go on forever until they died or one of them died. But for them to kind of say goodbye and one of them say goodbye and, and the show is going to stay the same apparently or they're going to try and keep it the same. But it won't be the same. You know, characters have come and go or people have come and go. Ralph Garman has come and gone. Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, all these people, Mike Catherwood have come and gone. But but the name of the show is the Kevin and Bean show. So you he's 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 huge. And, and um, not many of you will know this, but I was an intern on the show when I was my my final year of college. And he, talking to him and working alongside him was was a dream. 
I, I remember thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to ever be as funny as these two guys. There's no way I'm ever going to even attempt the comedy that they do. So I'm not, I'm just going to take a step back and let them do them. But they, being in particular, is so quick and so funny and so sharp-witted that just when I stepped into the studio, if I would say something, he would come back with a really quick, witty comeback before I even had a, a chance to figure out what was going on. He was... Uh, he's a great guy by all accounts and um including mine and a professional through and through so um bean you'll never hear this but thank you for the many many years uh of uh giving us joy giving me joy and and uh letting me listen to you on the kevin and bean show you know i get i'm a little sad because i was talking to heather and and um there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in our lives obviously with monstro and just in general and um I don't do well with change and I do even less well with things that I can't control. And, uh, Kevin and Bean have been there, like I said, since I was in middle school for over half of my life. Well, I might, they've been, they've been there for my entire life, but I've been listening to them for over half of my life and for them to change and me not be able to do anything about it. It's hard. My dime store, what is it? Um, it's like uh, psychological diagnosis is that it's similar with what's going on with Monstro. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but it's similar in the sense that I can't control what's going on with her. I can't control her as a baby. I can't control when she's going to cry or not cry and when she's going to be hungry or not hungry and when she's going to sleep and all that sort of shit. I can't control whether she's going to stay or go. And um, all of that is really hard. And it's been pretty tough for me trying to battle with all that and take take into account what I can and can't do in real life and just let go and let go and not be sad or angry or depressed about it, but just really go Marie Kondo this shit and go, thank you. Thank you so much for being here sparking joy while you could. And, and off you go. Um, and even as a, as a 30 year old, I'm, I'm still learning and figuring all that sort of shit out. So I will continue to do so, uh, on this show on air for everybody to hear me cry and bitch and moan about it. Uh, one last thing before we get going, uh, this time for real. I was I was knocking on uh, Taylor Swift last time, uh, talking about her deluxe albums, and I got a I got a pretty good response from people. Uh, not one person, not one person that that heard that came to her defense. I just want I just want everybody to realize that people were like, "Yeah, fuck Taylor Swift. Yeah, she fucking sucks." Um, and I agree, obviously. Uh, the the closest we got to is listener Adam said, oh, you know, thank you for the idea. I'm, I'm going to go listen to Taylor Swift now. Uh, but but he wasn't like, yeah, I'm defending her. No, she, everybody was like, yeah, she sucks. So on that note, Taylor Swift sucks. And uh, maybe I'll do one before Christmas. If I don't, Merry Christmas. If I, I certainly won't do one before Thanksgiving. So uh, happy Thanksgiving. And uh, may the day be filled with lots of turkey, love, and football, and make sure you wear your sweatpants. Uh, until the next time, I am Rogelio for Foster's sake, for, for Foster's sake, the podcast about nothing.